Welcome to another edition of The Spotlight. I am your host, Ben Beck. And this episode, my guest is somebody who I had an absolutely delightful time talking to. Um, This episode, I'm talking with, I spent a little bit of time with filmmaker and director Kelly Madison, whose newest film that she's directing, Never Back Down Revolt, which is the newest installment in the Never Back Down film franchise, hits Blu-ray, DVD, and digital platforms this coming Tuesday, November 16th. So I'm highly encouraging you to go out and rent this film, buy the film, do whatever you have to do to make sure you see it. I was totally unfamiliar with the Never Back Down franchise, but I got to see an advanced screening of this film, and I really, really enjoyed it. Kelly was so much fun to talk to. She was so generous with her time. We got to dive into... What you know exactly what she's doing? She's trying to change the landscape of female directors, not just in the action genre, but in all genres. Uh, and she's making some major strides. So she is somebody who is definitely someone to keep an eye on uh, and follow. So make sure you do that. Make sure you give this a listen. I hope you guys enjoy it because, again, she was so generous with her time, and she's somebody to just keep an eye on. She's a trailblazer in the industry and we're going to see a lot more from her. I I can almost guarantee you that. Uh, Special thanks to Kelly for spending the time with me. Also a special thanks to Anderson Group PR for setting me up with with the conversation with Kelly. And of course, last but not least, before we dive into this conversation, be sure you're following me on social media, Instagram at the Spotlight NXT and on Facebook, the Facebook.com slash the Spotlight NXT. If you'd like to follow me personally on Facebook or um, Instagram, you can do that as well at I am Ben Beck, all one word. And most likely, if you follow me there, whether it's the Spotlight or my personal Instagram page, if you follow me, I will follow you back. That's usually how it works. Uh, So give me a follow. Check me out. We got some great episodes coming up of the Spotlight between now and the end of the year uh, that I'm really, really, really looking forward to. But until that time, sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation just as much as I did, hopefully, with filmmaker and director Kelly Madison. My guest is a filmmaker and director who is definitely making a name for herself right now in the industry, most recently in the action genre. Uh, Her latest directed film, Never Back Down Revolt, releases on Blu-ray and DVD and digital platforms this coming Tuesday, November 16th. Please welcome to this edition of The Spotlight, Kelly Madison. Kelly, thank you for joining me. That's a pretty dang good introduction i need you to i need you to do all my intros do you know it's it i don't know what it is like i i do kind of pride myself on being able to introduce my guests in a proper way you do but like it, i i can't tell you how many times i get and this is totally not me blowing smoke up my own ass i the number of times i get compliments on my introductions i i guess i should take pride in it you should, and, and maybe t- you could do one of those online courses because uh, literally I've done 
I did 14 or 15 interviews yesterday. Yours was the best intro. Well, see, that's why we we reserved this for the next day. I didn't get into that group yesterday. I know. You're I almost did. Special, special group on its own on my birthday. There you go. That's right. Uh, we talked about that before we started recording. Happy birthday. Thank uh, you so much. So I, I mentioned to you before we started recording, I actually did. I, there's a couple things I want to talk to you about, but I want to jump right into Never Back Down Revolt. Uh, I got a chance to see an advanced screening of the movie and I really, I actually really did enjoy it. Not thinking that I wouldn't uh, because I do like action films, but one of the things I didn't realize is that this is another installment in a series of never back down movies that I just was not familiar with. Um, Yeah. I had no idea there were previous movies before that, but before we get into that part of it. So my audience at this point has not yet had a chance to see the movie. Tell them a little bit about what they can expect. What's the movie about and and go from there? Yeah, sure. I mean, it is a complete rebranding from the uh, other films in the franchise. So if they're expecting like same characters or same uh, plot lines, <clears throat> everything's completely different. Um, and, you know, hopefully some people will find that refreshing and, and not be disappointed. But it is about young women who are being trafficked for their fight skills and they get put into a really dark, gritty underground fight ring in Rome where they're forced to fight each other through a crowd of horrific human beings. And then in the end, the lead ends up, you know, getting groomed and manipulated to also be trafficked herself, even though she's a super smart woman, you know, uh, trafficking is about grooming and manipulating, uh, using her, the love of her brother as a ruse to bring her inside this horrible situation. And she ends up revolting and rising up and then leading all the other women in a, in a revolution. So um, that's the storyline. I think it's super fun, super exciting and, and kind of unique. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great action sequences in it, especially in the fighting styles that are in. I mean, you have a mix of there's people that are, I mean, and this is not anything that's faked either. I mean, the actors and actresses that you have in this film are actual professional Taekwondo people they're ufc fighters so those fighting styles that you see are definitely shown on screen and and none of it is fake they are really those people uh in real life it it is that something that you you know working with ufc fighters and professional martial artists is that something that makes the movie easier to direct or is that kind of a challenge Oh no, much easier. I mean, the, the more skilled of a fighter you can be, the easier you will be to obviously um, partake in a fight movie. But uh, for us in this particular movie, there were definitely a variety of skill levels. So from someone who's never thrown a punch before in her life to Michael Bisbing, who is like a all around champion and super talented. So we had everything in between. Um, and then <clears throat> the actors that we had uh, uh, on the movie that weren't, we just tried to train them as best we can. We had three, four weeks to train. And then we, uh, we just trained them as best we could. And I didn't, I didn't rely on the doubles very much at all. So it was the girls doing the fighting themselves. Mm-hmm. And so proud of them for that. But if I had my druthers being someone who really appreciates martial arts and the purity of the art form, anywhere from Penchak Silat to to, uh, you know, Kung Fu, to, to Thai, Muay Thai, whatever the art form is, it would be my preference to work with the top, top, top artists in those fields, but they're not always the best actors. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's such a challenge working in, in, uh, in fight movies in that regard. So you kind of just have to have a, a balance, I guess, a blend. When you're working on action sequences and trying to choreograph everything and put it all together, do you get a lot of feedback from the from the artists themselves and the actors themselves? Or do they just allow you to and the whoever's choreographing the fight scenes to kind of go with it their own way and they just go with the flow? Pretty much, yes. I mean, it depends on who it is. Like, for example, when I was working with Chechep Arif Rahman in The Gate, and by the way, trivia for fans out there that are um, a fan of Chechep's and the Raid guys, I brought Chechep on Never Back Down and he choreographed three of the uh, fight scenes in Never Back Down. Okay. And I love working with him. I would have flown him and brought him to London, but uh, with the, we f- filmed in the height of COVID and pretty much Indonesia where he lives is, was locked down. Mm-hmm. And you, we could not get him a visa to get out. Just flat out could not. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the gate because we're going to get back to that. <laughs> by the end of this conversation, because I I did happen to see that as well. And I I, I want to bring that up. Um, but, you know, continue on with Never Back Down Revolt and, and not only that, but other projects that you've worked on before. I know you're you're really trying to get a push on female directors when it comes to the action genre, because there's really not many of them out there that are recognized. I mean, you have Patty Jenkins, who does the Wonder Woman films. Catherine Bigelow is another one. And now you're trying to get more female directors recognized in action. What kind of drew you to that? What drew you to the genre itself of directing action? And just a love and a passion for it, quite frankly. I mean, I grew up watching James Cameron, seminal action movies, Aliens, Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a classic, brilliant film, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. And the Abyss, you know, just these really epic, beautiful action movies that stick with you. And, and James Cameron is also masterful at uh, creating these beautiful female empowered leads um, that will, again, go down throughout all of history. And so my goal is, and there's all sorts of forms of action, whether it is the Terminator or whether it is a big fight movie or something beautiful like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I mean, there's so many iterations of being able to tell some an elevated story with actors that you're rooting for and characters that you care about. And then you still have these exquisite either fight scenes or action set pieces that end up being riveting so those are the kinds of movies that move me. And of course, I'm moved by storytelling and many other genres. And I want to work in horror and I want to work in sci-fi and all of the, but they still fall into that genre space. And I do think we are lacking in representation of female directors in that space. Mm-hmm. And I thought by going into it, even though it's my natural passion, that's why I did the gate. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to direct some action. I'm going to show people what I'm capable of. It's still been a challenge to get um, people to take a chance. You think you show them work, you, 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 know, you try to prove what your uh, abilities are. And then I do think there's an unconscious bias that still exists in our industry and in the universe that's like, ah, I don't know, is a woman the best person you know, for an action film? And so I, I still struggle for me to be able to tell the kinds of stories I wanna tell, but what I'm hoping with Never Back Down Revolt and my next film whatever it is that I, that these are stepping stones for me that give me some some more um clout i guess is the best word to say in the business so that i get put on more director lists and people think of me more for these uh you know and i want to work on bigger films with bigger budgets 
mm-hmm. um, so that I could actually grow and show people also what I'm capable of. Because even though I'm really proud of how Never Back Down turned out, there's challenges and things that I would have done different had we had more time and money. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you brought up the fact that it's kind of like you, you're not looked at as a female director. You're kind of not looked at as seriously when it comes to directing a genre like action, because up until up until maybe the last decade, all the decades previously that going back to like the 70s and 80s, it really was like a male driven male driven genre. So I guess there was. 100%. A, so, I mean, so I guess there was kind of like a stereotypical, well, this is a male driven genre. We should get a male director to do it. But now you are starting to see more female uh, led roles in the action genre. So it does only make sense that the natural progression is that the directors also transition to that as well. And we get to see more of that. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, to, to say that up until from the seventies until now that only action was directed by men, all films were directed by men. Mm-hmm. Like literally, if you look at the, you know, they do tallies and everyone's got numbers, but there's approximately like two to 300 feature films made every year. And since the seventies, our numbers been at like 4% of them are directed by women. Mm-hmm. Like the numbers are insanely egregious, like laughably bad. Um, and so, and I don't think that's changing very much still. Like people are like, oh yeah, you know, Patty Jenkins. And, and yeah, so there's a, a handful of people still breaking through, but I think that the most it's gone up is up to 7% or something. Yeah. So, we, so the dialogue and consciousness is, definitely changing and evolving and I'm so grateful because I'm like hey what about me I want to play you know I want to play in the sandbox too mm-hmm. like you know I want my shot and so uh, it's definitely coming but we are by no means whatsoever like at a balance point yeah it, nowhere close and it seems like close. it seems like that shift is kind of starting to go in a direction but it's not happening fast enough oh it's really not you know and and I just you know, and I've been told by male producers, male directors, like, okay, you did this piece of work. It was excellent. Oh yeah. Then you did another piece of work. Excellent. Oh yeah. Okay. Now this movie, you have to prove, he goes, but you're a woman. So you'll have to do it 10 times more than a man. Mm-hmm. Whereas you've got someone like, you know, and this is not downplaying his talent whatsoever, but you've got someone like a Dan Trachtenberg who can do a robot short and then get handed a you know forty million dollar J.J. Abrams movie, yeah. you know from like one short, but it's not the equation is not happening on the same side for women. And so if you take for example like Patty Jenkins, her body of work is fucking exquisite. Like starting to, with Monster, you know, to her next film, next film, next film. But she's did many films before they handed her Wonder Woman. Whereas sometimes it could be a man could do a short and then get a big movie. Well, so, even, and even with Patty Jenkins, you know, and using that Wonder Woman example, it was I'm I'm somebody I'm a huge fan of the Marvel movies and the DC movies as well. Yeah, and me too. when you look at, you know, Patty Jenkins, when when it was announced that Patty Jenkins was going to be directing the Wonder Woman movie, you know, after Zack Snyder had done all the previous movies before, there was a lot of heavy criticism as to whether or not she could do that. What experience does she have, even though her body of work spoke for itself before that? That's but, crazy. But she was still criticized for it. And then once Wonder Woman came out, I know myself and a number of other people that that I'm friends with were like, this is hands down the best DC movie they've done so far. Why, why are they not her, doing more? I would have handed her anything after Monster. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Monster was just an exquisite film, you know, um, 
so but yeah so there's there's def they're definitely hand picking they're like chloe Zhao. you know she'll do a quirky independent film at sundance and be like okay let's grab her and then like let's give her eternals or whatnot so it's definitely happening um more but um it's still so few there's like like two or three women that it's happening to, you know, you're like, okay, maybe four or five, six. I mean, it's so small, but I, I'm looking forward to being in those circles. I want to direct a Marvel movie, a DC movie. I, you know, I haven't met those producers yet. Mm -hmm. I haven't been in the room with Kevin Feige yet, but that's why I'm like, hopefully this press, it's like, Kevin, you, where are you? Like, <laughs> Answer my call, please. Yeah, come or on. Call, or better yet, just call me. Like it's yeah, please you know, call me. See, call see me. this movie and call me. Um, going back to Never Back Down Revolt too. You know, I had mentioned that you know there were previous movies in the in the installation that I was not aware of, and I, I don't think it's many. I think I might be wrong, but I think there's three movies prior. Yes, to Never this Back one. Down one, two, and three, and one was considered like the higher quality one that people really related to and then never back down two and three were both directed by Michael Jai White the fighter mm -hmm. so I don't know if like the quality standards upheld as much on those two um but um like I said this one is a complete rebranding of the entire franchise and it's not the same tonally structurally character-wise story-wise so but yeah I'm curious what you you thought of it I, I really enjoyed it. And that was actually going to be my question was to because I have never seen any of the movies prior to this one was it, did you have to adapt to a like were you given instructions that you had to match a certain tone, but you just answered the question for me that it's different oh, right. tonally. You were pretty much able to do your own thing with this. No, movie. we were we were kind of laughing a lot about it because because my DP and I like really wanted to go with an interesting, darker toned color palette. And mm -hmm. the, these girls are in cages. And so uh, this is not like a happy world. This is not a brightly lit karate kid type of world, you know? And so we were aiming to go darker in tone and we were hoping that no producer was gonna slap our hand about it. And they didn't, and they supported it. And in fact, I'll never forget being in color correction um, and having my studio exec, my Sony studio exec come in to watch the movie. And he's like, you could go darker, you know, in those, in the cage scene. <laughs> I'm like, really? I was like, oh gosh, thank God. Like, you're not asking me to brighten up the movie. So the, everyone was supportive of the complete and utter change of tone. Um, but you know, like, yeah, in regards to what I thought of the movie, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give out many spoilers for anybody who's because I, I want to encourage people to see the movie. But I mean, the, I, I really did enjoy the movie. I'm one of those people that even if th there are so many franchises out there where like the first two get theater releases and then everything is straight to DVD. Right. You know, for example, The Marine, you know, John Cena got the first movie. And then after that, they just kept throwing other WWE wrestlers in there for straight to DVD releases. But right. yeah, I watched them all like because. I enjoy the franchise. Yeah. So, so watching this one, whether a movie is theater release or DVD straight to DVD makes no difference to me. If I think I like it, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And, you know, so watching this one, I, I fully, I got into it. There's, you know, two scenes in particular, I'll, I'll make mention without spoiling anything. There's a particular scene with two female fighters and one of them is fulfilling the request of another one. That scene, That's I felt a great like, scene, right? It's a great scene. Like I, I like I felt like I felt the emotion that was built up in that scene with the backlash that happened afterwards. 
And then there's another scene towards the end of the movie where they gang up on a particular character. Yeah. And I thought that sequence was amazing. Like the the choreography, everything about that sequence was great. And I was rooting for those girls so hard. Were you? During that scene, yes. Oh my God, it makes me so happy. And you're not just saying that because it's my birthday? No, actually, until right now, I completely forgot it was your birthday already because I was in, I was getting into the conversation. and, and I'm such. so glad you like it. I hope people like the movie. And, and that's what I try to pride myself on as a filmmaker. And yet, yes, did we have the highest budget to make this movie? No. Did I have all the time that I wanted on the movie? No. Did I want the fight scenes to be longer and better and more bloody? Yes. But, you know, for the time allotted, it's a special little film, I think, because I worked really hard to make sure you were rooting for those girls. Mm-hmm. And it you worked. Know? Whatever you did, it worked because I was rooting for the girls the whole time. Oh, my God. Those so, girls are so sweet. Right. And like what great lush characters. And they're all so diverse and interesting. And mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a great female led cast with uh, with some great supporting cast members as well. And I do. I encourage all my listeners that are listening right now to once it releases next week. Absolutely. Like rent it, watch it, buy it, you know, do whatever you got to do to watch it. And it might even get me to go back and see some of the earlier movies just because I've, I I'm into fighting movies, but I wasn't aware of them. So fascinating that I would say about half of the press um, and uh, podcast and, and fabulous people such as yourself that I've spoken to so far, half of them had no idea the franchise existed. Yeah. I just had no idea. Well, that's uh, good because it's bringing a, fr- a fresh audience member to the franchise then, you know? And yeah, and like I said, like it makes me curious as to what the earlier movies were. So, you know, your movie now might in- get, it might boost some, you know, viewership of the earlier movies. I'm sure it will, which will help Sony sales and marketing. And and then I'm sure you were going to ask me this anyway, but I'm just plowing ahead. Um, we hope to, if people like this movie, there's a couple of ideas that my producers and I are throwing around for a, a five that can follow some of the women, like once they get out, you know, on the outside and kind of like a revenge movie, cause um, you know, bad things happen to these women. And so we have some super fun ideas for a five. So make sure you call Sony and tell them you want a five and that everyone's excited about it. And hopefully people buy and rent and share uh, the word and spread the word that uh, the movie will do well and they'll greenlight us. Yeah, not not that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a screenwriter or anything like that, but I would think an interesting, this is just me throwing out my thoughts. Let's hear it. Like an interesting idea would be these women that just got out of this situation, you know, once they're out, find out that there are rings like this across Europe. And instead of like ganging up, they basically each girl goes into each of these rings to infiltrate and they just take them down from within. Take them down, baby. Yeah. How fun. I mean, so, so fun, right? Yeah. It'd be cool. I mean, again, I'm no writer, so that that idea probably sucks, but you know. No, but that's, that's actually a really great idea we hadn't thought of, but that's one angle. And then the other angle is, you know, when these girls were being um, scouted and they were, you know, again, super talented and they're trained fighters, going after the people, the trainers and whatnot that pulled them in, all the other mm-hmm. people that like, you know, pulled them in. So in, in essence, it's taking down the fight ring. So, you know, yeah. the people that are involved in, in the corruption. So, uh, you know, and a good revenge story, like everyone always loves a good revenge story. Absolutely. Because it gives you someone to root for. Oh, There's so always someone to root for. I mean, you look at movies like, uh, God, like, I mean, just, I'm just off the top of my head, like John Wick, like that's, 
I, no. Although that's not really, re- I guess it kind of is revenge. Oh yeah, they killed his dog. That was absolutely revenge. That's the, the, the yeah. you know, that simple storyline, guy's dog gets killed and then goes and shoots 500 people. Yeah. It, that <laughs> yes. simple storyline has been what every studio exec and every producer has been looking for ever since. They're like, well, we want a female John Wick and we want this John Wick. And, you know, just because it, it's so, it's so simple and, you know, it's very the simplicity is what's staggering about it. But it's funny. I've read so many scripts trying to sort of duplicate that. And it's like, no, you can't. It's like, it doesn't work. Yeah. If there's lightning in a bottle on a particular movie, you know, let it be and, and let it enjoy its limelight and then come up with another original content. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, before we before we run out of too much time, uh, I, I do want to talk about the gate because, you know, in my in my research about, you know, before talking to you, I came across the gate and I watched it and I was absolutely enthralled by everything that the action sequences, the story itself, like I, it was, it, it was a cool reveal by the end of what it is. And I'm going to throw a link to the, to the video in the show notes of this. So anybody who's listening, if you're curious about what the short is, you can, you'll find a link in the show notes, but I know you were that's a that's a passion project of yours. It was something that you wrote, produced, and directed off of a Kickstarter campaign or a crowdfunding campaign. Yes, Is, sir. Has there been any progress with that in getting that made into a film or a series? Oh gosh, we were so close. We've been working on it for a long time, and um, there were so many different iterations of the script. Because as you could tell from the short, it was supernatural in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, she had wings, she flew, she was sort of battling this demonic devil character that had rules in the afterlife, you know, all kinds of fun things. So when I wrote a script of that nature, it ended up being too big budget, you know, like flying people and blah, blah. And again, if it was up to me, I'd have the budget that I wanted and they would be flying on wires and and whatnot, just like a crouching time. Like, uh-huh. but since it was going to be, my second feature film out of the gate, we wanted to lower the budget. So I rewrote the script to be more grounded and not as supernatural. And then we had Gina Carano was going to do, we were in talks with her to do the movie, met up with her, she was great. And then uh, Gary Oldman was gonna be like the bad guy and everything was going great. And then Gina got the Mandalorian. So we lost her to that. And so things just sort of, you know, they fall apart when cast comes and goes. And that's normal and natural. And then things get put on the back burner. So the gate's just on the back burner because other stuff comes up and your work and development. Oh, wait, this, this. And you get really, really busy. And you just, with the way that development works, you've got to give it its right time. I'd love to come back and do the gate. I'd love for someone to, and I still get tons of comments on the gate. People really, really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to do it in Indonesia. So yeah. it's not a, so it's not a project that's dead. It's just on pause for the moment. Oh, it's not dead. No, but okay, good. I'm like, we've got to figure out how to, and you know, the most of the comments I get were just such a beautiful compliment is like, is this a TV series? Where can I watch it? Is mm-hmm. this a feature film? Where can I watch it? You know? And it's just like, you guys, I'd love, I'd love to make a feature version of this. So we just, it's just gotta be the right timing. Well, so. I know I know there's going to be a day that comes in the future where I'm just going to be sitting at home because I'm a I'm a trailer freak. Like I like watching. I know some people avoid trailers because they don't want spoils. Um, I watch trailers all the time. I'm constantly watching trailers so I can find yeah. new stuff. One of these days, I'm just going to be watching new trailers and I'm going to see a trailer for the feature of the gate. And I'm going to know right then and there like, hey, I know that person. I talked to her when she was still working on this. And at that moment in time, I'm going to make a call 
for you to come back on and I hope you answer it. You've got my digits. I will always <laughs> answer your call. Are you crazy? Of course. Um, before, before we get out, um, just a couple quick things to, just to do. Um, I know you have a love of horror. I myself am a huge horror fanatic. Like October is one of my favorite times of year. Right. Uh, um, out of just a pure curiosity, what's your favorite horror movie? Exorcist. Okay. Stop. A classic. Nothing is better than The Exorcist. You know, it's, I actually, I have another podcast called Wilhelm where I invite people on and we, we bring a topic and then we list like our top five of that topic. And throughout Halloween or throughout October, we did different Halloween themes. We did like the Ghostbusters movies. We did vampire movies, uh, yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. And then we did top five scary movies. And my guest at that time did bring up The Exorcist. I, I think I was kind of brought into The Exorcist kind of late because I do appreciate the movie for what it is. Yeah. It, uh, but it doesn't like, it doesn't freak me out or scare me like it does most people. I still love the movie. But you, may, yeah, you probably didn't watch it young enough. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, that happens because of the um, <clears throat> the special effects are a little bit dated. So mm -hmm. if you didn't watch it at the time when it was fresh, I can see it having that impact, but it's still an exquisite film. And then my other top, you know, horror would be The Shining, Poltergeist, and Amityville. Oh, so you're a, you're just a classic horror. Classic girl. Yeah. I'm so classic. Yeah, you're you're a classic. I'm the same way. I mean, some like I can tell you right now, my all time favorite horror movie, uh, which has not changed in years. It's not one of the older classics, but I, it's Event Horizon. Um, oh, really? With Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. Really? It's a sci-fi. That's, that's a horror film. Yeah, I thought it was sci-fi. It's it's a sci-fi horror. So that to me has always been my favorite horror movie. Like that's the one movie every time I, when I'm rewatching horror movies, I'll watch anything and, but I'll get to that one. I'll be like, mm, I'll come back to that because it creeps me out. It's still really? that creeps scares me out. you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amityville freaks me out. You've seen the two, the first original Amityville one and two, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <gasps> yeah, of course. That freaks. And, and Lalo Schifrin's score is so stunning in those movies. I always wanted him to do my scores. I think he's too old now. He's not doing scores anymore, but it's just beyond freaky. And when he's that scene, when he's getting possessed. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> classic, classic horror. I might have to bring you on to talk action movies or horror movies onto my other podcast. Oh, I could talk about them all day long. So, uh, you know, in, in the action genre, who's who, if you had the money, the budget to do whatever you wanted, Who's the one action star you would want to work with the most? Well, he's not really an action star, but he can do anything. <laughs> so okay. He, so he's literally on all of my lists and hopefully by some sheer miracle of the Lord, he's listening to this. But um, <laughs> and he already knows because I've told him to his face, too. I want to work with Sam Rockwell. OK, he is Sam Rockwell. Is, he is such an underrated actor. But he's not underrated anymore. He has an Oscar. Oh, yeah. that Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, even like in God, like, I mean, I, I love Sam Rockwell, even going back to like Galaxy Quest. Oh, he's and, just a miraculous, exquisite actor. Yeah. That you never see. You will see. You will never see one moment of acting in his eyes. 
ever. It, it's just him being him. He's like, just he's just talented at his craft. Like he studies, he studies. He has an acting coach that comes to set. He he puts in the work, you know, like like it's his job, and he puts in the work. And his and and uh, inevitably, it shows on screen. And he's just one of the best actors, you know, in this century. And so, yes, I want to work with him. So, um, and he, of course he could do action. I'll stick him in my next action film. I think he could do anything. Of course. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's, so what's in the future? What, what, any projects that you're working on right now, maybe a horror project, another action, what, what have you got going on? Yes, we're trying to cast a new horror film that I wrote. It's very original, very cool, very creepy. Um, and quite a few twists and turns in the script. Um, it's a project I'm really proud of, and it's called Ryu. Okay. And we're shopping that to cast, and hopefully that will get started on shooting that maybe March. And okay. um, then I'm working on a grounded sci-fi project that I'm also head over heels in love with called Kecksburg. And that's based about the city in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. And I won't give you any spoilers there, but it should it's such a great script. Um, I'm trying really to think. I... And then Pompeii is this action film that I'm working on. Um, and we're putting together a hybrid Korean American production to work on the movie. And I'm insanely excited about that. So there's so much cooking that is great, but, um, but you know, development takes such a hot minute that, you know, that gets a little, you know, frustrating sometimes because I love being in prep. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, your movie's going, then you don't have to worry about who's financing and who's this and who's cast, you know, it's like once you're all set to go and you're in prep, then you can dive into the creative process. Then you can start, you know, your job. And it's so fun. I'm trying to think where is, where is Kecksburg? Because I'm, I'm in PA. You are? Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not familiar. What? <sighs> so uh, you never heard of the Kecksburg um, UFO crash of 1965? No, but I'm going to look into it when we're done talking. Oh my God, you are going to love this project. Do and you like you... sci-fi stuff? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm looking it up right now, Kecksburg, Pennsylvania on a map. It would, uh, I would think it would have to be Western, Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, oh. maps. I'll let you look it up. It'll probably take me too long. Okay. You know where Ma- Mammoth is? No. Mm. Maybe I'm just sheltered in PA and I'm not aware. No, it's just that PA is a massive, massive state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm in Phil. I'm outside of Philadelphia, so I'm like all the way on the East Coast, oh uh, God, on the East side of, of Philly. PA. So what was oh, that? Wait, wait. Okay, so I'm getting the I'm getting the map to uh, Pleasant Mount Pleasant, Bell Vernon. Oh yeah. See. Okay. Oh, it's by it's near Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's what I figure. It's probably out west. It was probably Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, 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 yeah. So near, but you have to look it up. In 1965, a UFO crashed in a forest in the middle of Kecksburg. And about, I don't know, 200 people saw it. Like, so there was like people surrounding it. And it was like famous for being this acorn shaped type of UFO. Now that they have like a statue of the UFO, like in their town. And so, so many people saw this UFO, but the government came in and said, no, it was a weather balloon. No, it was this or that. Yeah, cover up. Yeah, covering up and lying and telling everyone, don't talk about this, whatever, blah, blah. 
And um, so ours, my, my film takes place decades and decades later, but it's a, like a sort of revisionist history about what happened when this particular crash happened at Kecksburg. And it's a really great character piece, suspense, action, very Spielbergian. Mm -hmm. Uh, very, very cool. I'm excited about that. I, I'm going to shop this. I'm in the middle of a rewrite right now that I'm almost done with. And then I want to shop this project next. Would you want to film it in PA or would you just look for a better uh, a location that would be cheaper and easier? I always want to film in PA. I'm obsessed okay. with Pennsylvania. You'll have to come to set and visit. Absolutely. Um, I would love that. I'm obsessed with PA. I had a couple projects that I um, have written for Pennsylvania. It's a, it's a lush state that's so great to film in. Like to give you an example of what, I, you know, M. Night likes to shoot there, whatever. Yes, it does. But to give you an example, what I'm talking about, uh, Out of the Furnace, like shooting a movie like Out of the Furnace, like mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania with Christian Bale. Like the movie is stunning. It's, it's blue collar factory towns, you know, these uh, really salt of the earth people. And, you know, that's what Kecksburg is about. It's about those kind of people. And so um, just, just love the backdrop of Pennsylvania. Yeah. They're, and they're filming a lot more out here these days. I mean, a ton. like Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston's movie was just here in Philadelphia, even though it takes place in New York. Um, I was actually an extra in two scenes in the sequel to Transformers in the in the second Transformers movie. Of because, course you were. Because they filmed it in Philadelphia and Bethlehem, which is where I went to college. And so I, I got to I was in I did background work in a couple episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia because they used to come out here and film a lot of the externals in the actual city. So it's great anytime anybody films out here. We always love when when we hear it's about so that. great. I love Philly. Like the people are so hardcore. Sometimes like they're just assholes to you. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. When you said hardcore, I was like, I wonder where you're going with this, because I know exactly how hardcore they can be. Oh, for sure. I almost yep. got like I spent three weeks in Pennsylvania. I was working on a directing a project. And um, yeah, I just been threatened. I'm going to kill you. I'm like, what? Like just walking down the street, like like so aggressive. Like, yeah, but, yeah. but the food. Wow, the food is good, man. We are, Philadelphia is definitely known for having some of the best food in the country. And I come from Chicago, which also has good food. So, um, but Philly, I thought was excellent food. Okay, I'm going to ask this now and then we'll start to wrap things up since you mentioned Chicago. Uh, I have a big debate with my friends and I hope I'm not keeping you past anything. Um, no, no, we're with good. With the conversation. Yeah. Okay. I have a big debate with my friends and, and most of my friends agree with me. Some of them don't. And, and you can, uh, I'm very interested in your approach. Chicago style deep dish pizza. Is that pizza or no? I like, if I'm going to eat any pizza at all, which I don't eat pizza often. Okay. It's going to be the deep dish. Okay. I'm not into the New York thin crusted bullshit. Like, yeah, if you're going to eat a piece of pizza, it should be nice and thick and juicy. And I like a thick crust. I'm a crust kind of gal. Mm -hmm. So, and I like the crust to be soft and gooey and not um, thin, but I don't know if that philosophy, like a lot of people are like, no, that's not pizza. And they fight over it, but that's I'm where I fall. A, I'm more of a, I like, I eat pretty healthy, which is like a lot of people in Chicago are obese. And I know, I know there's a lot of obesity in Philly as oh, well. Oh yes, there are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, but I live in LA now and I'm 
work out daily and eat healthy. So I, I'm like, I'm the one going to get, let's go get some pho, you know, mm-hmm. some, 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 some soups and ramens and, and, and just, you know, healthy foods and vegan foods and whatever, but. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the right gal to ask a pizza question to, I guess. Is the- all right. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I fall in the, that's not pizza. It's a casserole kind oh. of, um, I'm more, I, I'm more into the traditional thinner crust. New York oh, yeah. style pizza, you know, Philly style pizza. I can't so. eat thin crust pizza. It's not interesting. All right. Fair enough. Um, any social media that you have that you, you care to give out for people to follow you, follow you oh, for projects or anything like that? Please share. We're, we're blasting our socials with never back down revolt stuff right now. As we speak, we're on countdown um, to the, um, you know, the launch, as you know, November 16th. So yeah, if you, we're doing behind the scenes photos. We're doing behind the scenes clips, little interviews, um, really fun stuff on the socials. So you could check me out at director Madison on Twitter and on Insty. And then okay. my Facebook is just plain old Kelly Madison. Uh, obviously Kelly spelled with an I E and then Madison on Facebook. And so, yeah, check for updates all the time, guys. Like, yeah, go on there. And, and by the way, uh, biz, are you a Bisbing fan? Um, I don't know. Oh, okay. So that <laughs> uh, remind me, is that a person? Is it what... Michael Bisbing? The lead oh, of the movie. oh yeah, my yeah. God. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know why my mind went blank there. <laughs> Yeah, for a yeah, minute i was okay. like because we were talking social and you mentioned that and i was like is that another social media that i don't i'm not aware oh, biz of thing like kind of yeah kind of like tiktok or yeah something. <laughs> that's why oh my god biz but well his name is actually on that note though his name is fun to play with like people don't always know how to say it so on the set it was like is it biz bang uh, <laughs> <laughs> like is it biz bang is that the bang like everyone he's just got so many um little nicknames that's so cute but um yeah, check out check out Michael's um, socials and follow our socials. And then Neetu Chandra, who is the Indian uh, actress that's in the movie, you could follow her on Insta. And then Diana Hoyos, she's a huge star in Colombia, and she's posting about it. So yeah, we're all out there. So go get information and go watch the movie. And it's such a joy talking to you. Yeah, this has been a great time. I've I've really enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully, it didn't go too long. Um... But well, hopefully you're, you're, we had fun, but hopefully your audience members don't think it was too long. <laughs> no, I don't think they will. They usually enjoy the uh, it's it's so funny that I, you know, I'll, many, many times I get, you know, I, I get um, people sent to me to interview and I always try and talk to I don't even really call them interviews. I call them more just conversations because that's usually how I like to treat. Yeah. Them. And I'll get I. I've lost count as to the number of times where I'll have like uh, a PR representative say, okay, we'll give you 10 minutes. And then I start talking to the person and the person, when we get to the end of that 10 minutes, they're always like, well, we can keep going just because they're into the conversation. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, you're super fun to talk to. And then you're just a film buff, which I am too. Mm -hmm. It's like in order to be a filmmaker, hopefully you like film. Um, So yeah, I mean, I could just, wax nostalgic about all these great 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 classic films oh and on that note and i don't know if you want to stop recording and then uh, or or meaning just stop your thing well no well so i mean we'll just we'll wrap it up here then we'll continue the conversation afterwards but um you know just for the for the sake of this uh 
I encourage everybody to go out, check out Never Back Down Revolt, releasing on uh, DVD, Blu-ray, and digital platforms November 16th. Follow it on social media. I encourage people to follow you on social media. Uh, but this has been so much fun, and I thank you for joining me for this. Oh, thank you so much for having me and sharing my birthday with me. Of course. <laughs> uh, but to everybody out there listening, uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Spotlight.